often that we've been told that what we have to bring is not good enough. It's not holy enough. That the gifts that you've endowed in us have no worth in your dominion. But you offer a new awakening, a new vision. For many of us, life has chipped away at our very core. Yet today, we still come seeking. Sometimes we're not even sure what it is we're looking to find. We come this day drawn by the very same light that the Magi followed, seeking that very same vision. Today, I pray awaken in us a new vision of who we are in and through you. Amen. Ah, okay. <laughs> when I hear this song, I vividly see the Magi. These wise ones who saw a celestial event, a heavenly light that signaled to them that a king was being born. Scripture says that they saw it at its dawning, at its very awakening. And they knew that this king was going to be different. They didn't know how they knew, but they knew what they knew. I don't know if you've ever experienced that kind of knowing, that kind of bone-deep knowing that Reverend Troy talked to us about a couple of weeks ago. I see them beginning their preparations to travel, to meet and pay homage at the throne of a newborn king. I see them asking others like themselves, what is it should we bring? What is appropriate? What will be enough? And then I see them months into their journey, the stars still seeming far off, their physical and emotional selves becoming weary of the journey. And they began to think, and even speak their truths. Truth is, I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm hurting, too. My body has been battered, and it feels abused. I can't fake it any longer. I'm not okay. The truth is, I do feel weak. And my strength is gone. And I'm not sure if I can carry on. But then dusk falls, and they see that light. And their soul 
begins to soar. Because somewhere deep inside, they refuse to die. They refuse to give up because they know that one touch, just one touch can change their lives. And I see them silently praying, take me to the king. Today we are celebrating Epiphany, which is also known as the Adoration of the Magi. The moment when the Magi reach their destination and they meet this newborn king. But what makes this day particularly special to the majority of us here today is that we are celebrating the manifestation of God's light and love expanding, expanding beyond the Jewish people to a broader world. You see, during Advent, these last weeks, the focus has been on the revelation of God's light to Jewish parents, Jewish elders, Jewish shepherds, those who have already been in a covenant relationship with God. Yet at Epiphany, something new happens. God reveals a new vision, a new salvation to the Gentiles. You can say that at Epiphany, Jesus does become the light of the world. Similarly to the song, Take Me to the King, when I read the Epiphany story, I personally identify with the Magi for a variety of reasons. Like them, I actually have no gold or frankincense or myrrh. I know that the myth of the Magi is that they were these kings who come to see the baby Jesus, but actually they just have a really good PR firm. <laughs> because a better description of these folks would be that they were merely sages, teachers, intellectuals, emissaries for kings. They were people of different genders ages, statuses, ethnicities. They would have studied holistic medicine, mathematics, astronomy, astrology, and different religions and philosophies. They were students of world cultures. And that is how they became familiar with the Jews. It is in this interaction and in the study of Jewish culture that they would have become informed of the promise, the prophecy of the Messiah. And because they functioned as emissaries, they would travel for business alike, a lot like I do. And in those travels, they would have encountered new people, new cultures. And as they came into contact with these people and their religious beliefs, they developed a universal sense of God's love for all of creation. Fundamentally, they were people who believed that God is yet unveiling 
new possibilities and opportunities for a relationship. But the reason I most identify with the Magi is actually a slightly embarrassing one. You see, after they had studied their scriptures and gathered their caravan and traveled these thousands of miles, which is like between Houston and Scottsdale, Arizona, by Cam Camelback, they arrived at the right time at the wrong place. I don't know if anybody else here has had that experience, but it would be kind of like hearing about Three Brothers Bakery having a, a location in Meyerland, and then knowing that if I drive to 610 in Beechnut, I will probably find it. It's about, and then you spend 15 minutes going around and around those shops looking for the bakery, and it is nowhere to be seen because it's two miles away on Brazewood. So, yes, the Magi and I share making informed assumptions. <laughs> they ended up in Jerusalem, and I ended up in Meyerland Plaza. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's logical. Herod, the king, lives at least part-time in Jerusalem. The temple in Jerusalem. Why wouldn't the new baby be there as well? Instead of Googling <laughs> or asking Siri, where is the Messiah being born? <laughs> or maybe even simply reading rereading Micah, they made an informed assumption. And they arrived approximately six miles north of where they should have been. Yeah, they should have been in Bethlehem, a small rural town south of Jerusalem. Not a town that has much going for it other than it was the birthplace of a shepherd king named David. So the Magi found themselves in the wrong place at the right time. And I think about their camel ride from Jerusalem back to Bethlehem. What would that have to be like? Did it offer the Magi the time they needed to re-examine their fundamental assumptions and human conclusions on how God shows up in the world? Did it provide an opportunity for them to ponder who God is and why would the Messiah be born in a tiny rural town? Did they take the opportunity to wonder about how God was using them and their journey to meet this new king, to bring forth something new into the world. They had to wonder, I believe, that had they lost their sense of direction or in seeking the Christ child, had they finally found it. And after meeting Jesus, did they go home by another route because they feared Herod? 
are? Was it because they feared what, how they had become intertwined in this child's story? Had their dream informed them that they had begun a transformation and that they could take a new direction, not having to return to what was, but they could change their lives? Did their vision tell them, I don't have to choose what's dangerous for me anymore. I can find safety in doing something new. And as I hear this story, I wonder, does it provide us the opportunity as we ride from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to pause and ponder these very same questions? Is it possible that we need to re-examine our fundamental assumptions and human conclusions on how God is to show up in this world and to whom? Should we pause to consider our cultural prejudgments and how and why we make them? Should we take this opportunity to wonder about how God wants to use us and our journey to bring forth something new in this community, in this city, in our world? Do we, like the Magi, leave differently after our encounter with the Christ than when we came? I believe the beauty of this birth narrative is that it keeps changing because the participants in this story stay open to receiving new visions, new awakenings, new realities. Joseph nor the Magi understood the whole picture for their lives. But in those moments, they did recognize and trusted in God that God was going to bring something new and that they were going to be an active participant in it. You know, through our dreams and our visions, through our epiphanies and our awakenings, the dominion of God continues to unfold. I encourage us to stay open to visions that call us to change our course, to renew our life, and to transform the world, which is actually what Epiphany is all about. It's not about a magical event, but it is an opportunity to gain strength for our journey insight for our direction, and commitment and courage to try something new. My prayer for you is simply this. May you live an awakened life, and may you be transformed as you transform the world. Amen. Amen.